0: morning to our Kavanaugh Church family. Thank you once again for joining in with us. We're so thankful that you're tuning in and worshiping. Psalm 92 says, it is good to give thanks to the Lord, to sing praises to your name, O Most High, to declare your steadfast love in the morning and your faithfulness at night. So everything that's going on around us is so distracting, but during this time right now, we ask that you just take the time and sing praises to the Lord, and let's thank Him for all of His good gifts. Do What You Want To is our first song. Please sing with us. Kavanaugh Church, good morning. We hope you're doing great and having an awesome weekend. Thank you so much to you and your family for joining us online today um, in these times. And again, we're so thankful that you're here. Uh, But we we hope that you came expecting today. We believe that God's Spirit is going to move today. It doesn't matter where we're at. It doesn't matter how far we are away from each other. We believe God's Spirit is going to move today. And we believe that God is going to reach down and touch our hearts if we let him. So we pray that we are open and we are receptive to him today through the rest of our worship experience and as Brother Will brings the message to us. So we hope, we hope uh, that God touches your life today. So before we continue on with worship, we, uh, want you, we want to encourage you to jump down into the chat, welcome one another, throw up an emoji, a fist bump, wave, we have those there in the chat. Um, but we just want you to welcome each other
1: and again continue worshiping with us this morning. This is the day that the Lord has made. We will rejoice and be glad in it. Uh, Thanks for joining us today. I want to say a huge thank you to our praise team for leading us in worship. And uh, now we're going to go into the Word of God. Right before I do that, I want to try to answer a question that uh, has been asked this past week. We've received dozens of phone calls, people wanting to know, when are we going to be able to come back and have real church? Uh, I don't know the answer to that question. I do know that uh, our governor, Asa Hutchinson, is going to have an announcement on May the 4th. So you'll be watching Monday, May the 4th. He's going to talk about the reopening of churches. So I speculate, and I'm assuming that perhaps the earliest date we could meet again is going to be on May the 10th, which just happens to be Mother's Day. And I want you to pray with me about this, that we will be able to come back and meet on that day. Why? Because we've already ordered your Mother's Day gifts, and they are going to be here on May the 10th. So pray with us about that. Well, here's what I'm concerned about. What I'm really concerned about is your health. Not just your physical health, or for those of you who have been cooped up in your house for eight weeks, your mental health. What I'm really concerned about is your spiritual health. What have you been doing these last several weeks to stimulate your spiritual growth? Have you been growing in the grace and knowledge of our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ? Uh, the apostle Paul was concerned with his converts that they were growing in their faith and so much so that he kind of got on to the believers in Corinth a little bit because they were not growing spiritually like they should be. And for the last 2 weeks I've been I've been camped out in 1 Corinthians chapter 3 looking at the lack of growth in the life of the Corinthian believers and praying that during this time of isolation, you have been growing in your own faith. So let's read what Paul had to say to these believers. 1 Corinthians chapter 3, verse 3. He says, For you are still carnal. Uh, let me stop right there and talk about the word carnal. It really means to be thinking in a natural state of mind or in a worldly concept. The word literally means you are still being controlled by your sinful nature and so paul is on the offense here he says you are still carnal you're still thinking like the world for where there are envy strife and divisions among you are you not carnal and behaving like mere men and that phrase mere men means you're thinking like and you're acting like the people of the world for one of you says i am of paul and another says I am of Apollos, are you not being carnal? That is, are you not being controlled by your sinful nature? Who then is Paul? And who is Apollos, but ministers through whom you believed, as the Lord gave to each one? I planted, Apollos watered, but God gave the increase. So neither then neither he who plants is anything, nor he who waters... But God who gives the increase. Now, he who plants and he who waters are one, and each one will receive his own reward according to his own labor. For we are God's fellow workers, you are God's field, you are God's building. The problem here in Corinth is that these believers had never grown up, they were acting like babies. Heavenly Father, I pray that you would bless the reading of your word and the preaching of your word. Help us, dear Lord, to grow up in our faith. In Jesus' name we pray, amen. Now, as believers, we need to learn to stand on our own two feet, and we need to learn how to walk on our own. I've got a picture here I want you to look at. It's actually two pictures. It's Angie and I, proud grandparents. And uh, we're we're holding our our little granddaughter, Ella Jane. Isn't she precious? She's just an awesome little girl, Uh, just a bundle of energy. Cool thing about Ella Jane, she's about to become a big sister. Uh, Her mama, our daughter, Whitney, is going to have another baby the end of June. Uh, It's going to be a little boy. They've already picked out a name. His name's going to be Archie. And so Ella Jane is going to be a big sister. Now, if you have grandkids, I'm sure you're like me. You love holding your grandbabies. And I can't wait to get that new grandson at the end of June and just hold him. There's something really awesome about a mom and a dad or grandparents holding a baby and loving on a baby. It's only natural. But you know what? Sooner or later, that, that little baby, that infant, is going to start growing. It's going to start wiggling around. It's going to want to stretch out and, and learn how to crawl. And so you're going to have to put that baby down on the ground and let the baby crawl and then walk. Great thing about Ella Jane, she started walking. And I tell you what, that little girl is into everything but it's only natural it's what babies are supposed to do it would be a tragedy if a mom and a dad and grandparents never let their babies crawl or walk they just held them all the time can you see the problem with this sooner or later that little baby is going to get big and now you've got a 17 year old kid and you've never let that 17 year old walk and so mama drives little baby to high school. She opens the back door of the SUV, and there is the 17-year-old kid, 6'1", 182 pounds, and he's sitting in a toddler seat. And she pulls him out, puts him in a big stroller, his knees are up to his chin, and she rolls him down the hallway to his classroom. That would be tragic, wouldn't it? you know what the same thing happens to us spiritually when when we first believe in the Lord Jesus Christ we're infants we're babies we're we're drinking the milk of the word of god and we are dependent upon others for everything we don't know how to systematically read our Bibles we don't know how to pray we don't know how to witness we don't know what tithing is we don't know anything about serving we don't know how to worship and so we depend on others to help us do those things but sooner or later we've got to be able to stand on our own two feet and walk on our own strength spiritually the problem in Corinth is that most of the church members were still spiritually immature. And it was showing up in their immature attitudes about their spiritual leaders. There was envy, there was strife, there was division in the church, and it all stemmed, it it manifested itself by their view of their spiritual leaders. Let me put it like this. Carnal people, naturally minded people, focus on the gift, not the giver of the gift. They will focus on the gifted ones. That that is, people within the church who have gifts, rather than on the one who gifted those people, which is God himself. Where do I get this? Well, I get it right here in chapter 3, verse 3. It says, for you are still carnal. For where there are envy, strife, and divisions among you, are you not carnal and behaving like mere men? For when one says, I am of Paul, and another, I am of Apollos, are you not carnal? So what is Paul saying to these believers? He is saying that as you grow spiritually you learn that you are not following a man you're not following a preacher you're not following a sunday school teacher you're not following a minister that's what they were doing oh i'm in paul's camp or i am in apollos's camp no you shouldn't be following other people you ought to be following god that is the mark of spiritual maturity you're following the lord now as a side note to this and in parentheses fashion let me say All of us have our favorite preacher. I mean, all of us have a preacher that that we love and admire. Others of us may have a, a preacher who hurt us or disappointed us deeply. The point of this section of 1 Corinthians is that we are not to think too highly of our favorite preachers or be harshly critical of those who are not. Why? Because those are just men that God used to lead us to the Lord Jesus Christ and help us grow. Here's the fact. Here's what I want you to understand. We all have a ministry. And in a sense, we are all ministers. We are all servants of the Lord Jesus Christ. The real question in this passage is, how do we view ourselves? How do we see ourselves in ministry? Are we growing in the grace and knowledge of Jesus Christ? And are we being effective ministers well paul talks about this in verses 5 through 9 and he really gives us the characteristics of a mature believer who is a servant of the lord jesus christ and it all begins number one with our servant's attitude or a servant's heart look at verse 5 who then is paul and who is apollos but ministers that's the new king james word ministers, the best word to use there is the word servants. Literally, that's the word in the Greek. But we are servants through whom you believed, as the Lord gave to each one. The word here for servants literally means a common worker. It was used to people who waited tables. So we're talking about a bus boy or a table waiter. Now, guys, let me stop right there because that is so foreign to our way of looking at things. We measure a man's value today by how many people serve him. Oh, he, he must really be important or she must really be important because look at all the people who are serving them. God doesn't see it that way. God measures our value by how many people we serve, not by how many people are serving us. And that's the way we ought to view ourselves in ministry. We set the table. Literally, that's what we do. We set the table for others to be fed by and led by God himself. You see, as servants, we are not the source of salvation for other people. We are rather the, I like to call us the sheepdogs, all right? We are the servants that lead other people to that source of salvation, And can I say this, that that ministry, no matter what kind of service it is in the kingdom of God, is an undeserved gift given to us by the hand of God. We receive it with humility. You, You didn't earn any of these positions, but rather we are entrusted with them by God's grace. And therefore, we need to have the proper attitude. We need to have a servant's heart. We are literally the hands and the feet of Jesus. We are the vessels and the instruments that he uses. So, no praise ought to be given to us. All the praise ought to be given to God. He, he's the giver of the gift. We're, we're just the servants of that gift. Now, I can see through the screen that you're having a hard time with this. You, you, you're not grasping. So, so let, me, let me just give you a couple of real-life illustrations of this. Uh, there's one guy that plays an instrument in both of our praise teams. He's at both at 9 o'clock and 1030. He's the guy that plays this bass guitar. His name is Eric. Eric is a gifted musician. And I don't know, if, if, you're, if you're ever watching one of our praise services, Eric is the one up here, man. He's, he's thumping this bass guitar. And I mean, he's just, he's worshiping God. He's, he's in a worship zone, all right? And he is a great bass guitar player. So after the praise team leads us in worship one Sunday and you encounter the the power of God, you might might come up here and and, and, want to give praise to God. If you do that, you're not going to come up here and say, oh, Brother Fender bass guitar. Thank you. Thank you for leading us in worship. You you are so awesome, Mr. Bass Guitar. Your your knobs and your, your frets and everything about you is so so awesome. Thank you for leading us. No, you wouldn't do that. You would talk to Eric because he was the one with his hands plucking that guitar that led us into worship. The bass guitar is simply the instrument, it's the vessel. You're not getting it. So one more illustration that I've, I've got to share with you: My daughter, Callie, my middle daughter, Callie, is about to graduate from Baylor. All right, <laughs> Hallelujah! Uh, next month, she will she will get her diploma. They don't get to walk across the stage and and be honored in that way. But but after this long journey, Callie is going to graduate. I'm so proud of Callie. I really I love all of my kids. So proud of her. Uh, Callie was a, has been a great young lady. Uh, very gifted and talented by God in many areas, one of which I'm going to talk about right now. When she was in high school, let me tell you, that girl was a track star. Okay, God made Callie to run fast. And so here's what she did. Her sophomore, her junior, and her senior year, she won the 6A state champion 300-meter hurdle race for women. She was a three-peat. Sophomore, junior, senior year. It was amazing. I mean, she was so fast. Now, I was at all three of those state meets when Cali won the state championship. And at the end of the race, the reporter did not go up and bend down and interview her spikes or her shoes. The the reporter did not say, how did it feel on that track? How how did you grip it? How, How did you jump over those hurdles? No, they didn't talk to the shoes. They talked to Callie. Because the shoes were just instruments, she is the one who did the running. Here's the point. As servants and ministers of the Lord Jesus Christ, we, you and I, we are the bass guitar. We are the shoes. We're simply the vessels. We're the instruments. It's God who should receive the praise. It's God who does the work. It's God who does the ministry. He's simply doing it through us. And let me tell you, to have a proper attitude in ministry, you've got to have this servant's heart. That You know what? It's not about me. It's about him. I'm just simply directing you to the Lord. That's where it starts spiritual maturity begins with this attitude of servanthood number two you need to recognize that you have a personal assignment L- look at verse five who then is paul and who is Apollos? but ministers through whom you believed as the lord gave to each one are, are we different typically on a sunday morning we'll have about six hundred people in here uh, Cool thing about going online, we've, be, we've changed from a church of 600 to a church of 2,300. It's, it's amazing. All of you who have been viewing these, these services, my, my prayer is that you'll all show up <laughs> when we come back. But, but no matter how many there are, are we different? You better believe we are. Why? Because the Lord has made us different, and the Lord has assigned each one of us our own specific task in ministry. In fact, in the very next verse, Paul talks about how he had been the one who had planted the seed in their hearts. And then here comes this good-looking preacher. I, the Bible doesn't say he was good-looking. I just imagined in my mind that he, he came right out of the pages of a GQ magazine. His name was Apollos not only was he good-looking he was a great orator he just he just captured people's attention and he says that Apollos watered the seed so both of them had different jobs Paul planted the seed Apollos watered the seed was one better than the other no they were both important and they were both used by God in ministry and the body of Christ this is so important for us to understand we all have an assignment in the body of christ that god has given to each and every one of us god has something for you to do in his kingdom through the ministry of this church and here's the point if you don't show up and if you don't do what you've been called to do you suffer and the rest of us suffer later on in this book Paul gives the illustration in the example that that the church is like a human body with different body parts what if one morning I woke up and decided to get out of bed but my foot rebelled my foot says no I want to stay in the bed I want covers to stay on top of me and while the rest of me got up my right foot stayed in bed that wouldn't go very well the rest of my body would suffer throughout the day and when you're not here doing the ministry God has called you to do, the rest of us suffer. Now, the flip side of this is beautiful. When you do show up and you have a great attitude, a servant's heart, and you do the work of the ministry that God has assigned you to do, not only are you going to be blessed, but the rest of us are going to be blessed as well. So we've got to have a servant's attitude. We, we have a personal assignment by God, but number three, you can't do that personal assignment, number three, without the Lord's assistance. Verses six and seven Paul said, I planted, Apollos watered, but God gave the increase. So then, neither he who plants is anything nor he who waters, but it's God who gives the increase. In other words, we can do nothing of eternal significance without the assistance of God. We do our work, but God has to do his work in order for people to be blessed. So, when we are blessed, we glorify God because ultimately, he is making the word grow in our lives. Now, that's not to say that that we're not to appreciate the people that God uses in ministry. I I know I've been in some churches that that really take this literally and, and they literally think, oh, you're nothing, I'm nothing. That's not exactly what Paul is saying here. He is literally saying that the blessings come from God, but God uses people to distribute these blessings. God uses human vessels to bless other people. It wouldn't be accurate to say that a farmer is nothing because a farmer is important. It's the farmer who gets up before daylight and usually doesn't go to bed until after dark, who's out there working his fields, sometimes 24 hours a day to produce a crop. But you know what? Even with all the farmer does, he's still dependent upon God. Because if God doesn't work in the soil, and if God doesn't send the rain, then the crop is not going to come in. And let me tell you, the same thing is true in ministry. I've worked all week on this sermon. You may not think it, but I have prepared, and I've worked, I've, I've prayed, I've pondered, I've prepped, I've done all the things that I do, and I'm doing the best I can to present this message to you. But I know that unless God is working, it's to no avail. i'm speaking on the outside but i'm praying that god is using this and speaking it into your heart we can do nothing without the lord's assistance and sometimes I'm, I'm, i'm sorry to say that in churches sometimes you know we we get into a rut we get into a routine we do the same things over and over again and we begin to depend upon ourselves to do them when it takes the lord number four We should all have a common ambition in ministry. We read about this in verse 8. Now he who plants and he who waters are one, and each one will receive his own reward according to his own labor. All the ministries in the church and for the church have one single purpose, and that is God's purpose. And to see God's purposes fulfilled should be collectively our greatest ambition verse number nine paul said for we are god's fellow workers we are god's field we are god's building so friend let me ask you are are you fitting into god's purposes and god's plan for the people around you the one purpose that we all should have is taking care of god's field that is doing the work of the ministry and number two constructing God's building and I'm here to tell you that should be our common ambition we're all working together to do the same thing and that leads us to the to the fifth thing that is our expected applause or the reward that we're working for he talks about this in verse 8 now he who plants and he who waters are one each one will receive his own what reward according to his own labor notice that the rewards are not according to the results (laughs) praise god for that but they are according to the labor that is they are according to your faithfulness in doing what god has asked you to do each one will receive his own reward according to his own labor there is a work that no one can do but you God has assigned that job to you and to you alone the question I have for you is are you being faithful because your reward is going to be based upon your faithfulness to do what God has called you to do when this life is all over with and you get to the very end only two things are gonna matter number one is your name written in the Lamb's book of life? Okay. <laughs> that's going to determine your eternal destiny. What would you do with Jesus? Is your name written in God's book? Now, it's pretty simple to get your name there. Three things. You've got to admit that you're a sinner. B, believe that Jesus is the only one who can save you. And then C, confess him as Lord and Savior of your life. So that's the most important thing. Is your name written in God's book of life? Second thing most important thing, is for you to be able to hear God say, well done, my good and what? Faithful servant. Enter in. Hmm. To be counted faithful. And That's what I want for you. I I want you to be faithful to do what God has blessed you and called you to do. And for that to happen, you're going to have to grow up you're going to have to stand on your own spiritually and walk on your own strength spiritually with the help of the Lord. So, let's grow up. Let's do those things every day that are necessary for spiritual growth to happen in our life and for us to be the servants that God has called us to be. Heavenly Father, I pray that you bless my friends who are listening. I pray, dear God, if there's anyone uh, who's listening, who's never been saved, that today they would invite Jesus into their heart. And dear Lord, for the rest of us, may may we just anticipate the service that we're going to do in your kingdom and in your name. Help us to be faithful servants in all that we say and do. And we'll praise you for it in Jesus' name. Amen. Thanks again for listening. Just a couple of reminders tonight at 6 o'clock. Tune in on Facebook live stream. Uh, Brother Johnny and little Billy have a great lesson for you. They're going to sing and tell a wonderful Bible story. So all you parents who have kids, gather the kids around, pop them some popcorn, let them watch uh, Brother Johnny and little Billy. At 6 o'clock, teenagers. Uh, Tune in to um, Instagram Live, and you can uh, watch Brother Nathan. He'll have a message for you. And then at 6.30, go back to Facebook Live. Brother Ray Copeland is going to bring the adult Bible study lesson. And then Wednesday night at 7 o'clock, Brother Johnny is going to be sharing a word with us, so uh, tune in for that. Don't forget to pray every day. I got my wristband on here. Every day at 1.30 for It's Our Turn Uh, Even though we've put the campaign itself on pause, uh, we have not put on pause anything else. Uh, Things are being done, and we are about to begin construction on our new worship center. Hopefully, by the time you come back, uh, things are going to start happening out there. But do pray for it's our turn. I want to say one more thing. Thank you so much for being faithful in your giving. Whether you're giving online or you're sending your checks in by mail We certainly appreciate it. Just continue to do that. Uh, Pray that we would soon be able to come back together, and hopefully that's going to be in a couple of weeks. God bless you. Uh, Know that the staff loves you. I love you. Most importantly, God loves you.